Jess and Corey's dad, Dan, is not exactly the adventurous type. You know what they say, uncluttered kitchen, uncluttered mind. Who says that? I do. And you know what else I say? It's a new day, full of possibilities. Ha! Huh. Time to vacuum. At least that's what they thought until his past caught up with them. Leave now, and no one gets hurt. <laughs> Knife twirling. What are you? Some kind of ninja? No, he's a middle school science teacher. Turns out the mild mannered Dan used to be someone else entirely. Get out of my house! Now, Dan, Jess, and Corey will embark on a thrilling quest to find an ancient treasure and rid themselves of a family curse. From GZM Shows, creators of Six Minutes, comes Discovering Dad, a thrilling new podcast full of mystery and adventure. New episodes every Monday starting June 10th. GZM family and superfan subscribers listen early and ad-free June 3rd. Subscribe now to Discovering Dad wherever you listen to podcasts. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Welcome to Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, the best podcast that never fails. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. What is that noise? Someone's, someone's breaking in. Bebop. Ah. Oh, Jonathan, what are you doing? I'm recording right now. I know. I heard you down here. And I wanted to talk to you about something. First of all, did you put crazy glue on that door handle? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted a little bit of privacy. Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Listen, I just listened to the last episode, and I wanted to talk to you about something. You know, last season you were calling me Jonathan Messingham, and that was weird, but okay. Then it was Jonathan Messinghammer, which I kind of liked actually, but then last episode it was Jonathan Messing Cheese, and then Hamathan Sandwich Cheese? I mean, what's going on, Bebop? I don't know. It's not my fault. It's something with my impression plugin that's not quite working right. Okay, well, let's practice. I'll go first. I'm Jonathan Messenger. I'm Jonathan Messenger. I'm Jonathan Messenger. I'm Jonathan Messenger. No, Bebop, come on. I'm Jonathan Messenger. No, I'm Jonathan Messingham. No, 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 listen, Bebop. I'm Jonathan Messenger. No, I'm Hamath and Cheeseburger. Hamath and Cheeseburger? Bebop. All right, I give up, I guess. Just Okay, fine. Now, can you please excuse me for a moment? Now that we're done with that... <clears throat> okay, now that we're done with that interruption, let's get right into the next episode. When we last left our hero, me, the great and wondrous Bebop, I was trying to solve a riddle posed by a magic toy chest. 
and a number of you detectives out there figured it out. We'll give shoutouts at the end of the episode, but let's get right into this one. Bebop Tales 2, Episode 3, No Bones About It. A mystery you have found in me, no opening that you can see. Make no bones about it, you'll never open me without it. This most nefarious and deadly key. The strange voice seemed to be posing a riddle to Bebop. Or was it a poem? And why was it so hard to understand what it was saying? Bebop asked lowly if he had any ideas what it could mean, but the little worm had nothing. I still think we should open a portal and get out of here, said Lowly. No way. We told this little bubble ninja that we would help, and we will stay and help. Besides, a ninja might come in handy against Messingham. Yeah, if she can bring herself to leave her bubble. I heard that. Bebop and Lowly tried to think of a solution to this strange puzzle, but they were coming up blank. Maybe the answer is in among the toys, said Lowly. There is a closet over there with some of the older toys, said Bubble Ninja. Bebop ran over to the closet and yanked open the door. Time was running out. The finger puppet on the toy car was ramming the door. The helicopter was dropping paratroopers onto the roof. And who knows what other kind of misunderstood toys were out there trying to get in, trying to stop them. Inside, the closet was dark and musty. It was difficult to tell where the shelves began and the dust ended. Bebop pulled a stack of board games from the highest shelf. First, he opened up a box of Clue. Uh, it was Colonel Mustard with a candlestick in the library. No, said the toy chest. He opened up a Monopoly game. Here, I have $17,000, a get-out-of-jail-free card, and two railroads. Railroads are overrated, said the toy chest. Uh, let's try Scrabble, Bebop yelled. He opened the box and dumped out the tiles and tried to see what words turned up. Uh, radio. No. Mm, podcast. Never. Jonathan Messenger. No proper nouns. Next. Bebop pushed the games aside and found a bucket of tennis balls. That's worth a shot. He grabbed an old racket and six balls and hit them at the toy chest. Ow, 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 ow. It's a puzzle. Use your brain, not the natural topspin of your amazing forehand. Bebop grabbed an old game of Simon, thinking the sound of the game might be what triggered the toy chest's opening. But nothing. He picked up a barrel of monkeys and started to open it. No, 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 no monkeys. Just, here's my one final hint. It's not monkeys. Stop for a second, said Lowly. Think about what the puzzle said. A nefarious and deadly key. And what was it? Make no bones about it, said Bebop. But I don't see any keys, and I don't see any bones. <laughs> The door of the general store broke open, and the lobster finger puppet hopped over the trunk of the car, which couldn't fit in, and strolled into the middle of the room. Thought you could hide in here, did you? The car was jammed in the doorway. Bebop looked around, but didn't see any other way out. Uh, you know, actually, probably wasn't the smartest thing you could do, 
said Bebop. Out there, you have all your friends, but in here, it's just you and me. And you're just a little finger puppet. Wrong, said the finger puppet. It's just you, me, and my pirate army! Nothing happened. Bebop walked over to the toy car and looked out the door. Um, no one's coming, dude. Oh, yes they are. I have summoned my pirate army! Still nothing. Looks like this guy's one finger shy of a puppet. Hololy. Pirate army! And then, there was a noise coming from the closet. Bebop walked over and picked up a pile of blankets. Beneath it was a box, and it was shaking and rattling. The lid was starting to pop off the bottom, and Bebop gave it a kick. More rattling with some added grumbling came from inside. Stop that! yelled the lobster. Bebop picked up the box and shook it. Would you, would you please just don't do that? Bebop shook it even harder. What's in this thing anyway? My army! yelled the lobster. Bebop put the box down, lifted the lid, and there, inside the box, was the puppet's pirate army. It was made up of toy skeleton pirates, snapped together at the joints with hats and little scimitars. A dozen or so swarmed out of the box and crawled over Bebop's feet and ankles, but unfortunately for them, all of Bebop's shaking and kicking had either made them dizzy or broken them apart. The ones that crawled to Bebop quickly lay down on the floor, and inside the box there were lots of little skeleton parts and little angry skulls yelling up at our hero robot. Ah, you scurvy lid belly! If I had half an arm, I'd take you to pieces! I've had compasses more fearsome than you. Hand me me pelvis, and I'll show you what's what. All I need to send this swine to Davy Jones's locker is an arm, a leg, a rib cage, another arm, and then hand me me sword, and a hand, and another leg, and a couple of feet, and Okay, a- okay, I got it, said Bebop. Bebop looked back down inside the box. He noticed that some of the skeleton toys were unusual, sparkling, as if they were plated in gold. Make no bones about it, said Bebop to Loli. A most nefarious and deadly key. Bebop picked up the gold-plated skeleton pieces. Now this was going to be a puzzle, putting them together into some sort of skeleton key. Meanwhile, the skeleton army had begun snapping out of it and snapping themselves together. They were marching up his feet, up his ankles, climbing up his joints. They couldn't hurt him, but he knew what they were doing. They were headed for Loli. But no matter what Bebop did, he could never quite fit the gold-plated pieces together. He couldn't make a complete skeleton out of the sparkly pieces, and when he tried to snap them together to form a key, that never made any sense. They looked like question marks and feathers and curly cues. The skeletons were now climbing up his belt and up his chest. Come on, buddy, said Loli. I know, I don't... I don't know how they go together, said Bebop. Use that magnificent robot brain of yours, yelled Bubble Ninja. And while Bebop's robot brain was and is magnificent, that's not what had gotten them this far. It was his fearlessness and his belief that he was always right, and sometimes his temper. So Bebop put all of the keys in one hand, reared back, and chucked them. He threw them right at the magic toy chest and about 25 holes opened up in the chest and all the pieces fit right in. 
Bebop brushed the skeletons off of him as the lid of the toy chest opened. And a yellow mist filled the building and seeped out through the door across the land. The toy car stopped revving its engine. The skeleton army stopped climbing Bebop and fell to the floor. Sorry about that, maybe. Even the finger puppet seemed to relax. He didn't look especially pleased, but the evil aura surrounding him vanished, and he lay down on the floor. Why does it smell? It, it smells like pineapple, right? Said Bebop. Yes. Said the Bubble Ninja. Pineapple, the ultimate counterpart to Messingham. <laughs> what was that? Yelled Bebop. So you have been playing with my toys. A voice boomed in the air. It seemed to surround them. You think an army of toys is enough to defeat me? I have been traveling from dimension to dimension since before you were born. Messingham, said Bebop. I've defeated you before and I will defeat you again. Then come, let us settle this. A purple portal opened in the doorway of the general store. Walk through this portal, and you will find me waiting for you. Bebop turned to Loli and the toys. This is it, he said. The final showdown with Messingham. I can't ask you to follow me, but if you ever desired freedom and a really awesome robot friend, you will follow me now. I am ready, master, said the Bubble Ninja. Please, squeeze me. Come on, squeeze me, squeeze me. Open me up. Let me at him. Bebop stepped through the portal, and he was back in interstitial space. Only this time, there were no worms. There were just dozens and dozens of portals, and in each one stood Messingham. Bebop Tales, Bebop's in trouble. Too many Messinghams, they say double. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Okay, well, before we get into the art and the jokes, I want to say thank you to all of the detectives out there who helped us solve it. I want to say thanks to Adam from Chicago, Scott Mauer and Leaf from San Diego, six-year-old Kelty from Lafayette, Colorado, J.R. and Everett from Springfield, Massachusetts, and thanks to our pal Sebastian from California, who gave us a really interesting idea for how to get the chest open. And a couple of you who called our number, but it wasn't clear, I couldn't get the names. But thank you so much. If you want to send an email, we'll make sure to thank you next episode. Okay, what's going to happen next in Bebop Tales? There's no way I'm telling you. I happen to love spoilers, but there's still no way I'm going to tell you this. I only like to spoil Jonathan's stories. Okay, so in terms of delicious art today, I want to thank these Michelin star chefs, Riley and Braden from Centennial, Colorado, Emerson and James from New Orleans, Louisiana, Indiana from North Carolina, five-year-old Wyatt, Alma and Jasper from Boise, Idaho, Elon, who's five years old, Brothers Ollie and Archie, Ren, five, from Jersey City, New Jersey, Aria, who's five, from Seattle, Mia, who's five, from Ghent, Belgium, Dane, who sent us a paper burger, Lenny, who's five, from Brighton, Massachusetts, Bear, who's seven, from Mission Viejo, California, and Alex, who is six, from Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada. Thank you all so much. That art was so good. 
Okay, now we have a few jokes. Our first joke is from our friend Maya, who said, How do you know when the moon has enough to eat? When it's fall. Where do aliens park their ship? At a meteor. <laughs> I like that one. What kind of music do aliens sing? Neptunes. <laughs> Great job, Maya. And now, eight-year-old Nicholas from Virginia. What is an alien's favorite soda? Ginger alien. <laughs> That's great. Freya, who's six from Edison, she wrote, What pasta do aliens love? Spaghetti bolegalian. <laughs> that sounds fancy. Thank you for that, Freya. And finally, let's hear a joke from six-year-old Valentino from Redwood Shores, California. This is Valentino from Redwood Shores, California, and this is my joke. What do you call an alien that got an F on his math test? A failure. <laughs> That's great. All right, well, thank you to all of our artists, all of our jokers, and all of our puzzle solvers, and we will see you next week. Jess and Corey's dad, Dan, is not exactly the adventurous type. You know what they say. Uncluttered kitchen, uncluttered mind. Who says that? I do. And you know what else I say? It's a new day. Full of possibilities. Ha! Time to vacuum! At least, that's what they thought. Until his past caught up with them. Leave now, and no one gets hurt. <laughs> Knife twirling. What are you? Some kind of ninja? No! He's a middle school science teacher. Turns out, the mild-mannered Dan used to be someone else entirely. Get out of my house! Oh. Who are you? Now, Dan, Jess, and Corey will embark on a thrilling quest to find an ancient treasure and rid themselves of a family curse. From GZM Shows, creators of Six Minutes, comes Discovering Dad, a thrilling new podcast full of mystery and adventure. New episodes every Monday starting June 10th. GZM family and superfan subscribers listen early and ad-free June 3rd. Subscribe now to Discovering Dad wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, it's me, Jess. Are you on our newsletter list? No? Then how else will you learn all the insider news on the new season of Six Minutes? If you don't get the newsletter, you must have missed the live show that the Big Fit had up in Boston recently. Don't miss another thing. Sign up for a GZM newsletter now. Go to gzmshows.com newsletter to sign up now. That's gzmshows.com newsletter.